0: Hey everybody, I'm Archie, and this is Vinyl Analysis. The record that we're going to be breaking down today is Honeymoon Suites, The Big Prize. Now, the album released in February of 86, and helping me break it down, this is very cool, is founding member and Honeymoon Suite guitarist, Derry Green. What is up, Derry?
1: Hey, lots of things.
0: Lots I'm, of things. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good, Derry. I'm good. It's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Longtime fan, bro, that's for sure. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, Now, before we even get into uh, some of the songs on this record, you guys coming off a very successful debut album with a huge hit, New Girl Now, uh, the production team, and this is what I want to talk about first, that you had on this second album, Stuff of Rock Legend. Now, we could do a whole show on these guys alone, but, Derry, uh, take us back to between these first two records and just assembling this production team and getting ready to make this second album.
1: Yeah, man, well you're talking about Bruce Fairbairn and Bob Rock
0: oh legends who, uh,
1: yeah um and uh yeah sometimes the you know the stars just align and everything everything comes together at the right time and and great things happen that's kind of like what happened there so the first record came out and it was it was a hit out of the box and we toured and we and we were in this in America going through and doing tours and and um then that was over, and it was time to get right back in the studio, of course, and do the old sophomore record, and, and it has to be so much better than the first, so it was very important. Um, Bruce was a fan of the band, and he hadn't yet done the Bon Jovi record, so he was still um, you know, still an available guy. He'd done some Loverboy records, and it was just a natural, a natural fit for us, uh, we went and took took a meeting with him, and out of the few producers that we interviewed, he was just the guy. Because personally, for me, I, I really liked him because he he's a musician. He, he came from from being a player in a band, and he's all about the songs. He's an easygoing guy, and I just I loved him from the start. And it was it was a great fit. Um, and his engineer at the time was a young guy named Bob Rock,
0: who was <laughs> oh wow
1: yeah. And they were working out of Little Mountain Sound in Vancouver, which at the you know was about to explode with Bon Jovi and White Snake and Aerosmith and all these bands coming through there. It was just yeah on the cusp of becoming this huge studio. So we were just in there at the right place at the right time. And again, Bob. Personally, for me, Bob is a guitar player, and he played with a band called the Paolas out of Vancouver for a long time. And he he came up as a musician, and for me, it was great because I got to use. He brought all his guitars and his amps and stuff in, so I got to use a lot of his gear. And um, I think the songs were there, and again, the timing was just great for it all to happen.
0: You know, Darian, you brought up those uh, those Loverboy albums, and really, in that era, with all the bands. That sound sonically was—I mean, their production was really, really good. So I mean, that to pull from that and and be that—you know—have that sound that you kind of want to emulate, not not the Loverboy sound per se, just the way that it was produced. I mean, those were those were solid records.
1: Solid, yeah, and just ba- basic. I mean, Loverboy was a great, great band, great singer, great songs, and uh, their records weren't overproduced. And Bruce just recorded them the way they are yeah. live. And at the end of the day, they had hits, and that's what he's all about, is, is the songs. Bruce will not, will not stop till he gets the, the song right, and that's what he does.
0: Now, now, Darry, I have always been obsessed as a fan with first songs. Now, whether it's an opening song at a concert or track one on an album, but I've always felt that it just it sets the mood for the entire experience. And, you know, talk about setting the mood. Bad Attitude, song number one on the big prize. What can you tell us about that song?
1: Um, it was like a lot of my songs, it was a riff, a chord progression that, that I, that I had when I'm writing, a lot of my songs just come out of riffing and basically practicing and I'll start on a chord progression and I'll go, hmm, it kind of sounds like it could be a chorus. So I had that opening riff for Bad Attitude, which ended up being the chorus as well, and then the rest of the song kind of wrote itself. I just wanted this mid-tempo, kind of heavy, kind oh, yeah. of rocker song, and it turned out good, and it sounded like Bad Attitude, you know? The lyrics kind of wrote themselves, because the song had that mood to it. And, yeah, is there- again... Great guitar sounds. Compliments, you know, Bob Rock getting those really awesome guitar sounds
0: for us. Uh, Derry, is there something to that, though? I mean, do you, as a band, when you're talking about that first re- or that first song, that first track, is, or, or do we as fans just make too much out of that? Or is it something where you do really try to establish a, a vibe to a record?
1: It's really important in what you're opening your album with, and you, you make a good point there. You're not thinking about your sequence at the time you're making your record, you just want to record the best 10 or 12 songs that you have, making them all good. And then there comes a point near the end of the album where you go, well, we got to start thinking about what's the single and and how are we going to sequence this thing, because that's really important. And Bruce was really helpful in all of that. And we sat down at the end of it and we listened to all the songs and we thought that attitude was just a natural opener because it comes on and and, and it, it, it hits you right in the face and it pulls you in. And from there it the rest of the album just flows so nicely.
0: Now, the next song I want to talk about is Feel It Again, uh, track number two on the album, huge radio hit, heavy airplay on MTV, that video, Derry, talking about we could do a whole other show just on that video itself. Uh, what can you tell us about Feel It Again?
1: Feel It Again was written by our keyboard player, Ray Colburn, and um, again, a different kind of song, but still fitting into the honeymoon sweet mold. Um, and... It just was... Ray just had this nice keyboard riff at the beginning, and I just started jamming the, like the clean lead over, over the top of it. And it's just, again, one of those songs that kind of came together, and Johnny sang it, and then bang, you know, the chorus was huge. And um, sonically, it's one of the best-sounding songs we've ever recorded. It's, it's like, yeah, it was very, very hitly.
0: Oh, it sure was, sure was. Uh, this is vinyl analysis, and we're talking to Derry Green of uh, Honeymoon Suite. The album we're breaking down is The Big Prize. Now, what does it take? Fourth song on side one, third single off the Big Prize, classic, classic power ballad. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, what does it take.
1: I wrote, um, what does it, what does it take, as one of the, f- the so- few songs that I'd written on piano. Actually, I, I started out. I started out my life as a as a kid playing piano first before I took up guitar, so I would tinker around with the piano here and there. And what does it take? is a song I wrote a few years earlier, back in the bar days, actually. So I remember playing it going in the afternoon. We were playing some bar, and I would go up on stage and kind of was, was working on writing it and demoing it in, in a bar. And then two years later, it ends up being a big hit on the... On the album, it's a song that I wrote, it's in the key of C, because I'm a guitar player, so no sharps and flats for (laughs) me. It's got to be real simple. Yeah, yeah. And, again, to me, the best songs, they they seem to come quick, and they seem to write themselves. I mean, New Girl was like that, and What Does It Take was kind of like that, too. The words just came out, and the changes are nice and smooth, and I was really surprised at how popular
0: that song was. Uh, Last track on Side One, One by One, one of my favorite all-time Honeymoon Suite songs second only to the song that appears on the second side, but we'll get to that in a few. Uh, love the guitar on this song. Blows my mind that I'm even talking about one by one with uh, Derry Green right now, but uh, such a cool track, Derry.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, love Again, it. just kind of a straight ahead rocker track, and l- like a lot of the other songs in the album, this the guitar sound that, that Bob got f- for me, and I think that I don't know, I was putting a lot of time and, and, and thought into my solos, and I'm just really happy with the, the, the solo that I played in that song. And, of course, you got to give some credit to the mix as well. We took that record over to England and mixed it at the farmyard over there. Oh, wow. And that just puts it over the top. Bob Rock got these great guitar and keyboard. And I should mention the drum sound, too, that Little Mountain drum sound, That's that big ambient yeah. sound that you hear on Brian Adams and Bon Jovi records that we kind of got that that room as well so all those things coming together with this stellar mix and there you go song song was great
0: oh it was one of my favorites now i alluded to it earlier but but let's jump over to side two and the song all along you knew now that's my favorite great hook i always dug the flute it just dairy it just sounded different and that's probably why i dug it so much back in the day if you can tell us about all along you knew
1: well yeah and you're right you make a good point and it sounds different. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day and honeymoon sweet albums you're gonna find a variety of songs, but they all seem to fit within the, the mold of Honeymoon Sweet, but we do put different kinds of songs on our records. It's not the same song, yeah. you know, ten times over. All along, you knew I had that riff, which was more like a practice, more like a finger exercise, the riff that opens the song. It's just a riff done in fourths and fifths or whatever they are. But I turned it into a song because it had this like, shuffle to it, this, this uh, I don't know what the time signature is, but it's kind of a shuffle, and we hadn't had, done a song like that. And again, it, it, it just came together. The f- cool thing about that was we recorded the whole thing in Vancouver and finished it and everything, but... At the time we took it over to England, Bruce wasn't completely happy with it. He felt that it was missing something. There was this uh, one element that wasn't there. And the year before, on our first album, our first tour in America was opening for Jethro Tull, if you can believe that.
0: Nice.
1: And we were on the road with them for about two, three months in the States, and they were the nicest guys. We got to, to know them pretty well. So when we went over to England... Somebody, I don't know who it was, suggested, man, you, I could hear Ian Anderson playing flute on this, on this song. And somebody else said, well, why don't we just call him up? We're going to be in England. Maybe he'll come over and do it. And I was like, yeah, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen, right?
1: So, you know, we made the calls, and we were mixing outside of London. And it turns out he, wouldn't, he didn't live too far from there, and he was more than happy to come in and do it. He drove over to the studio one afternoon, brought his flute, and he just went right out in the studio and banged it off like he did two or three takes. And I remember um, the Bruce wasn't there. Our, our producer, Bruce, he had to go home for a meeting or something, and I was behind the board producing that track that day, producing Ian Anderson. Wow. And here, Pressure. Here's me behind the board, <laughs> and Ian Anderson in the studio, I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. Oh. And... and Ian does two or three takes, and every one of them is stellar. And he's like, "As that one was that good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's really good." <laughs> he's like, "I'll do one more." And I'm like, "Ian, that's that's fantastic." So he he laid the flute down just just like nothing, and uh, that's, uh, that's what a the, great uh, story. How that happened. What a great and it, story. And at the end of it, I said, "Well, that's you know why uh, why haven't you?" I asked him if he. would done flute and you know if he'd played on other bands albums he goes no and I said why not He goes, well nobody's ever asked me
0: isn't that something isn't that something the legend that he is and no one really approached him about it that is a great story Terry that is just awesome uh hey you know what we're going to kind of wrap things up here but before we do I want to uh go back to the tour for the big prize real quick if you could take us on the road with you I mean who did you guys play with and where did it take you guys the uh the big prize tour
1: um It was a stellar year, man. I think we I think we started off with uh, 38 Special for a while, and then we jumped to the Heart Tour opening for them. They were on a huge album, and then we came off of that, and I think we went to ZZ Top, who were on their huge tour, and I think we played with Journey that year, and, uh, oh, man, all kinds of great stuff. We went also went to Europe, and... Uh, did a tour with Saga over there. So it was just a fantastic year, like just one tour after the other. And and we were months and months in America, you know, playing all the buildings and going all over the place. So we were hardly ever home, but it was just, it was just a fantastic year.
0: Wow. And and Derry, I can't even tell you how cool this has been, but before I cut you loose, I promised the guys here at the station that I would ask, please come to Columbus. Please come to Columbus, man. I don't know uh, what the, what the tour schedule is or where you guys are. find yourselves uh, in the summertime or the fall or whenever, bro, we would love to see you. Love to see you guys here.
1: We would love to come back there, man. Like, uh, we're all, I mean, we're about to start to our summer tour, but it's mo- unfortunately, it's mostly in Canada. Which right. is not unfortunate. We love playing up there. Absolutely. But we are really working hard on getting more festivals and dates in, in the U.S., and I love, I'd love. i love to come back to Ohio, you,
0: definitely. Ah, uh, Derry Green, thank you so much f- for talking with me. Uh, talk to you soon, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm Archie, and this has been Vinyl Analysis.